Would you pray with me? Uh, Father God, we thank you so much for uh, Jesus, for hope and life that is ours because Jesus came. Uh, he is Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, Lord, I thank you that you are not a distant God, that you have uh, come and walked among us through your son, Jesus. Uh, thank you that uh, Jesus' life uh, and his death and his resurrection were sufficient uh, for us. We give you thanks uh, tonight for the hope and life that is ours because of him. Uh, God, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have uh, to gather. I pray that your son Jesus would be exalted and lifted up in our time together. God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to receive from you tonight. God, we love you. We thank you so much for loving us first. Uh, we pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen. You may have a seat. Merry Christmas, church family. It's so good to see you. I'm not saying it again. You only get one Merry Christmas. Uh, if you are uh, regular to Christ Point, if this is your church home, I'm so glad that you chose to spend Christmas Eve with us. There is no place on the planet that I would rather be than uh, right here. If you are our guest to Christ Point, I am so glad that you chose to worship with us uh, this evening. Welcome. I'm so glad that you are here. A couple things that you should be mindful of if you are a guest, number one, it's typically not this bitterly cold. <laughs> This is cold. Uh, I think Santa woke up this morning and said, nah, I'm not going to do it. Uh, it is really cold. Uh, secondly, if you are our guest, I want to encourage you, if you could, to pull out a connection card either on the seat that you are sitting in or a seat next to you or the seat in front of you. There's two ways that you can fill that out. If you want to pull out a pen and do old school, you can fill it out. Place it either on the table in the back before you leave or in the black box before you take off this evening, or you can scan the QR code that is on that connection card. We would love to know that you were here this evening. If you do that, Christ Point is going to make a donation to one of our ministry partners, 17. 1-7 seeks to love our immigrant and refugee community in our own backyard, and so a little extra incentive for you to fill that out. If you fill it out and, again, put it on the back table or in the box, or if you do it online, for every one of those we receive, we're we're going to give a donation to 1-7. I will let you know that just because you fill that out, we're not going to show up at your work. We're not going to show up at your work. I'm not going to randomly show up at your house on like a Tuesday and ask what's for dinner. We're not going to chase you down. Uh, we just want to know that you were here, and we want to encourage you to take a next step here at Christ Point uh, if you so desire. Well, our passage for this evening is from the Gospel of Luke, and so if you have your Bibles, please turn with me uh, to Luke chapter 1. Uh, Luke chapter 1. Uh, if you don't have a copy of the Scripture, the passage will be up on the screen, or if you want to pull out your phone and... Uh, Pull up Version app, look under events, and search for Christ Point Church. You'll be able uh, to find the passage and the outline uh, for this evening's message. Uh, Luke chapter 1 is uh, words written by Zechariah. If you're familiar with the story, we've kind of been walking through it on Sunday mornings. Uh, he, in his old age, uh, was uh, given some exciting news. He was going to be a father, uh, which was great, except it was a bit unsurprising uh, because he was kind of an old man, uh, true story, and he was married to a lady uh, who, you know, she, she uh, wasn't a spring chicken, and they didn't have any children, and the angel Gabriel came and said, hey, you're, you know, you're going to be parents, 
And uh, Zechariah did not believe the angel, and so he was put in a verbal timeout for about nine months until John the Baptist was born. When he was born, everyone expected for him to be named Zechariah, like his dad, uh, but Zechariah instead wrote that his name would be John, and he opened up his mouth at that point uh, and, and wrote, sang, penned uh, these words. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Uh, In our short time that we have together this evening, I want to tell you a story about a Christmas cactus. I want to tell you a story about a Christmas cactus. I want to share with you a debt forgiveness plan that regardless of where, where you land, what side of the aisle you land on, you can get behind it. I promise you. I want to offer a public apology to you on Christmas Eve, and then I want to provide you with some directions home. Uh, first, a Christmas cactus story. <clears throat> Recently, I was over... At my friend's house, for the sake of this illustration, we will call him Seth. I was in his kitchen, and I noticed over my right shoulder in his living room, uh, there was a plant. It was a, it was a nice-looking plant. I'm not, a, I'm not a botanist, just so you know. I mean, I don't have a green thumb. For the longest time, I thought a green thumb was someone with an infection of the thumb. Right, so I'm not, like, I'm not a plant guy, that's not my world, but I just looked up and I saw it and I thought, that's a good-looking plant. And so I, I told Seth, Seth, that's a good-looking plant. True story. And he said, James, that's a Christmas cactus. And I said, you're kidding me, tell me more. And he said, yeah, that's a Christmas cactus. Emily and I uh, had that Christmas cactus at our wedding, believe it or not, and my sister at our wedding she clipped a couple of the leaves from the Christmas cactus and she took it home and she spent like a year and a half, two years growing a Christmas cactus from the plant that was at our wedding. And when we moved into our first home, she gave it to us as a, as a housewarming gift. Like, good night. I was like, that's amazing. Like, that's an incredible story. Like, who does that? Like, what a thoughtful gift. True story. Next day, I'm sitting at the kitchen table in my house, and I look up, and on the shelf in the kitchen, there's a Christmas cactus. I said, what are the chances? I'm like, this is amazing. Melissa, Melissa. And she comes down the stairs. I'm like, Melissa, there's a Christmas cactus in our kitchen. She said, yeah. I'm like, how long has it been there? And she said, "Uh, about a year. True story. I said, really? She's like, yeah. I go, did we get it from Seth and Emily? And she said, no, I think I got it from like Harris Teeter or something. I was like, oh, because I heard the most amazing story about a Christmas cactus yesterday. It absolutely blew me away. You know what? Sometimes uh, when you don't know a story, uh, you don't see the obvious. Sometimes when you don't see or don't know a story, you you don't see or notice what is plain to you. 
Um, the Christmas story, the Christmas story uh, is a story that has the potential uh, to change your life forever if you have eyes to see. And so my, my prayer this evening is that God would give you eyes to see. The reason that I say the Christmas story has the potential to change everything is because uh, the Christmas story is a story about the knowledge of salvation. Luke chapter 1, verse 76, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people. John the Baptist was put on the planet for one reason. It was to point people to Jesus he, he wanted other people um, to have knowledge of salvation. In the scriptures, salvation is deliverance from danger or suffering. Other times, it's used to refer to uh, deliver someone or to protect someone. Occasionally, salvation refers to victory or health or preservation. But sometimes, in fact, oftentimes, when the Bible talks about salvation, it is referring to spiritual deliverance. It's referring to the work that God does in our hearts where he brings spiritually dead people to life. The story of Christmas is a story of salvation. How does that happen? Well, it happens through a debt forgiveness program uh, that you and I can all agree upon. Uh, if there is one thing that Americans do well, it's debt. Uh, as of September of 2022, this year, consumer debt was uh, $16.5 trillion, which eventually adds up to real money. Uh, the credit card debt on average was $5,000, personal loans $17,000, average auto loan was $20,000, student loans 40000 I don't know if you've ever been in debt before. I don't know if you've ever experienced financial debt. But if you have, uh, it can feel weighty. It can keep you up late at night. Uh, it, it can improve your prayer life as you think about creative ways to dig yourself out of the hole uh, that you find yourself in. Now, do you know the same can be said of spiritual debt? You know, when it comes to financial debt, we think of creative ways to work our way out of it. We put ourselves on a spending budget. We change our lifestyle. We put ourselves on a debt consolidation plan. We buy every Dave Ramsey book we can get our hands on, assuming we have cash. Because we are so desperate uh, to get out of the hole that we have dug for ourselves. Um, but our, our debt, our spiritual debt uh, with God doesn't work that way. Uh, we don't work our way out of it. Uh, God doesn't give us a plan to commit to. Scripture says, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give kindness of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of sins. And those sweet words, the forgiveness of sins. Uh, God forgave us our sins through Jesus. Jesus 
was God's debt forgiveness plan. Jesus settled what you and I owed to the Father. When God forgives us our sins, he no longer holds them against us. He simply cancels out our debt. For those of you or those of us here this evening who have ever experienced guilt or shame or regret from past failures, this comes as very good news. God's forgiveness plan is undeserved and it's unearned. It's completely free, to be honest with you. It's downright scandalous. It changes your life and it changes mine. And now, a public apology. About a week and a half ago, I was coming back from a wedding in downtown Charlotte. After the wedding, I was in the parking lot and I pulled out my phone to put in my home address uh, so I could find my way home. I probably could have gotten there if I didn't put my address into my uh, favorite app, Waze. Uh, But as a matter of habit, I punched it in any way. I like to follow directions. I like when something up in the sky tells me where to turn and when to turn. I want to know the very fastest, quickest way uh, to get home. And so I put in my home address and I pulled out onto a one-way street only. Uh, My my phone wasn't quite registering my home address. I, I was looking at my Waze app and I was waiting for it to tell me when I needed to turn but it wasn't telling me when I needed to turn. And I was fast approaching a left-hand turn, and I wasn't sure if I needed to turn or not. And so I did what you would have done in my situation. I simply held up my phone about six to eight inches higher because I thought if I did that, somehow whatever's going on over there would pick it up and I would know if I needed to make a left or not. Sure enough, just when I started to get a little nervous, my Waze app popped up and it told me, make a left-hand turn, and so I did. I made a left-hand turn, only I forgot that the traffic that was behind me that had been stopped at a red light had a green light, and I was no longer the only one on the road. Uh, There was traffic coming behind me. As I made my left-hand turn, I heard someone, I don't know who, lay on their horn. There's a couple philosophies that I have of people who honk their horns. Uh, Some people give their horn just a little love tap. Like they just want you to know, like, hey, I'm, I'm here. You're coming into my lane. You shouldn't. They're almost apologetic about hitting their horn. It's almost as if they're saying to you, I'm really sorry that this is necessary, but you're about to sideswipe me. I firmly believe that people who honk their horns like that are Canadians. (laughs) They're just the nicest people on the planet. They're like, I don't want to do this, but I have to do this. Then there are other people who don't simply give their horn a love tap. They lay on their horn. One one thousand, two one thousand, three one thousand, four one thousand. They want to make an announcement to the world, to the world, that this person has done something that they should not do. The reason that they lay on the horn like that is because if they saw you face to face, they would fight you. 
but they're in a moving vehicle, and so they cannot stop, and so they let you have it with their horn. Quick show of hands. How many is number one? Any nice Canadians? A couple. Lord bless you. How many people? Number two. Number, come on, come on. Yeah, yeah. Me too, me too. I'm not fully sanctified yet. God's working on me. I hear the horn, and I begin to make my left hand turn. And listen, if you've ever had an experience where you've been in an accident before, like there's just something that happens inside of you where you brace yourself because you know you are going to get hit. And when I made that left hand turn, like I heard that horn, and I just felt like I was going to get hit, and I braced myself. And then I didn't get hit. I didn't get hit. I could not believe that I didn't get hit. And then the strangest thing happened. I never do this. I stopped and I said, Lord, thank you for not giving me what I deserve. When we don't get what we truly deserve, um, that is God's tender mercy. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of God. My public apology this evening was, was really twofold. One, because on the outside chance that the person that I cut off is here this evening or they're watching at home, my bad. My ba- I mean, my bad. That was all me. I mean, I'm, I'm very, I really am sorry. I did, not, I did not mean to do it. But the real reason I told that story um, is because the grace and the mercy of God is extended to you and to me every single day of our lives. Every single day. If you are here this evening and you have a relationship with the God of the universe, it is because of God's grace and it is because his mercy. I told you tonight that I wanted to tell you a story about a Christmas cactus. I wanted to share with you a debt forgiveness plan that we can all get behind. I wanted to offer a public apology and I wanted to provide directions home. A couple weeks ago, I was listening to a conversation from a group of pastors and ministry leaders. It was early in the morning. I was sitting on the couch. It was a conversation about prayer. And someone said something to me uh, in that conversation that that stuck with me. It gripped me, quite honestly. Uh, In that moment, it just broke me. The pastor was talking about having a love and a and a passion and a desire to see people who are far from God uh, be brought near. And he was talking about it in the context of prayer. And he said this, he said, sometimes you forget what it's like to walk not knowing where home is. Sometimes you forget what it's like to walk not knowing where home is. I don't know if you've ever had an experience before where you are spiritually traveling with no GPS 
and you do not know where home is. Honestly, sometimes uh, we're lost and we don't even know it. It, even, it hasn't even registered. And other times we want to go home, but we don't know where home is. Many years ago, I was in Bolivia on a missions trip. I spoke at a church in a city, and there was a gentleman after the service who was supposed to take me to a restaurant to meet uh, friends that were waiting for me. Only there was some miscommunication with my driver and where I was supposed to go. And so I was sitting in the front seat in Bolivia uh, with a gentleman who did not speak English, and he was sitting in a car with a gentleman who did not speak Spanish. And we had a bit of a predicament on our hands. Because I wanted to be at a place, and I didn't know where it was, and I knew that we weren't going there, and I felt completely lost. I felt like a fish out of water. Spiritually speaking, have you ever had that experience before? Have you ever had this, like, this, this sense inside you that you, you want to be at a place, and you're not there yet, and you don't even know what it looks like, and you don't even know where you're going? I don't know if that's you this evening, but if it, if it is you, I want you to know that Jesus has come for you. He has come for you. He has come to bring light into your dark path. He has come to grant you the peace that you long for. Luke chapter 1, verse 76, A new child will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. God has sent Jesus to bring light into the darkness and to give you peace. Scripture teaches us that there was a time when mankind walked with God in perfection. We enjoyed a world that was untarnished, that was not broken. We enjoyed our relationship with God, but sin entered into the world because of choices that humanity made. And because of that, the world that we live in today is broken. It's hardwired not to work. The road is crooked. And regardless of whether or not you're a spiritual person, regardless of whether or not you would admit that you are a Christian, it doesn't take much to, to read the news, uh, to look out, and to experience life in a fallen and a broken world. Uh, oftentimes, we try to experience life as it once was. We try to fill our life uh, with trivial joys and hopes that we will find the very thing uh, that we're looking for. But inevitably, uh, those lead to dead ends. Those provide temporary joys uh, that do not last. But God, uh, in His mercy, in His mercy, has offered a solution to you and me. God the Father sent God the Son, Jesus, fully God and fully man, to this earth to walk among us. Jesus did what you and I could never do. He lived a perfect life, but he also died a sinner's death. He was buried and he rose again. And because of Jesus' death, he offers life to you and to me. If there's never been a point in time in your life when God has opened your eyes to the beauty of the gospel story, my hope and prayer is that God would give you eyes to see uh, sometimes, sometimes, uh, when you see, when you hear the story, your life is forever changed. Uh, my hope is that your life uh, would be forever changed tonight. Would you pray with me? Father God, we give you thanks for Jesus. Uh, he is our only hope in life and in death. Lord, thank you for Jesus, uh, for the fact that he came to this earth, that he walked among us, uh, that he, he left uh, the halls of heaven uh, for the walls of a womb. Uh, he, was, he was born. 
He lived and died so that we might experience life. And your word promises us that he will come again. Uh, So tonight, Lord, we celebrate Jesus. Uh, We give you thanks for Jesus. We honor Jesus, and we lift up the good name of Jesus. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.